everybody. I'm Pamela Hopkins. I'm here with Rick. Super excited to get started today talking about my music, about my career, and having just a good time on the show. What do you say we get started? You're listening to Rick Flynn. With a shout out from London Town, it's Rick Flynn Presents... Now, ladies and gentlemen, your MC for the affair, Rick Flynn. Hello, everyone. Welcome in. What a great day today as we all go together down to a small town. Pam Hopkins is with us today in Little Rock, Arkansas. And Pam, I don't know if you heard about it, but we had a male country singer who lately kind of got himself in a little hot water over some small town work that he did. You know, I just saw the paper. <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, Pam, it says in the in the headline of the paper, what did it say? It says, John Cougar Mellencamp and somebody else. I forget who else the, the other party was. They could teach Jason Aldean a thing or two about a small town. What do you think, Pam? And by the way, everyone, it's Pamela Hopkins. Come on in. What do you think about the the trouble Mr. Aldean got himself into, if you have a comment, as a small town girl? My original city is, is Little Rock, which is a little bigger than most small towns. I've lived in a small town for the past, like a smaller town here in Arkansas. We just say Little Rock because that's the closest town anybody knows. <laughs> but you know, the thing with, with his song, I've heard it a couple of times, and I don't think anything was meant by it except for small town people kind of take care of their own, regardless of the, the race, creed, color, or whatever you have. It's just because everybody knows each other. So I think people are reading more into it than what he meant. And that's just my opinion. I mean, because I remember during, um, you know, COVID and all the things going on during that particular time, I lived in a little town called Valonia, and I'd lived there for 16 years. We've since moved out of that city, but there's only 3,000 people in the city, which is a small town. And that was one of the things when, when some of the writers and what have you were you know, talking about marching through, that kind of came up, you know, like, okay, well, what are we going to do? They're not going to destroy our property. So everybody, you know, sat at the gas stations and waited. And we're like, you know, we don't mind you marching, but you're not going to destroy stuff here. But thankfully, they didn't. And so I'm, I'm thinking, you know, what was meant by his song is not, was not meant to be, I guess, racist or whatever it just had to do with people taking care of their own because they all know each other you know every you got to go to the corner store and everybody knows each other by name you know each other's children you know each other's grandparents you know and you know this is my opinion it's a slower (laughs) you got to admit it's a much slower paced life than what you're going to have in a big town Correct. Say, do you think that he did what he did just to get the people talking? Because that record ended up the single as, or the album, whatever it was, it was, it started in at number two. Oh, wow. Yeah. See, I don't, I don't know. Um, you know, they always say any publicity is good publicity. So who knows? Right. Right. <laughs> didn't, didn't, uh, the Colonel Elvis's <laughs> Colonel, you know what he used to say? Who cares what you do? Just, just, I don't care what you say. Just spell my name right. Right. <laughs> I like that, yeah. Right. You get it right in papers. Well, you are a marvelous singer. I am telling you, thank you for coming on the show, indeed. And you have... Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. I heard you completely by accident. They had proposed some guests to come on, and somehow your single got put in front of me, and you've had five independent number one singles, I believe on Amazon.com. One of them is not the single that that I really loved. It was called Somebody Here Is Walking. That was not one of your number ones, was it? Um, No, I don't think so. (laughs) Right. That one, um, I think I released right before I hired my PR manager. Yeah, so, you know, as an independent artist, your stuff gets out a little better when you have somebody that helps push it. And I think that one came out right before I hired um, Michael Stone with NTS. So yeah, I don't think that one that one did as well as it could have had I had it before. You know, had him before pushing me. Right. I've often thought I've I would have wanted in my career to do a show called The Record 
company got it wrong. And I am going to tell you, I don't know why in the hell that we could not take that exact single you have. Somebody here is walking and put that out. For example, I'm just pulling a name out of thin air. Warner Brothers, Sony, somebody like that. Let them put the money into it. And I think that thing should be a number one hit. That is an excellent job that you did. And for those that don't know what I'm talking about, what do you say we clue them in? Can we play that right now? Would you mind, Pam? I would love for you to play it right now. Absolutely. Can my guest on today's show sing? Well, I don't even think that's a subjective question. I'll answer it for you, but I don't really need to. I'm going to let you answer it for yourself. All the way from Little Rock, Arkansas, her name is Pamela Hopkins. Somebody here is walking. Suitcase open on the bed. Clothes scattered on the floor. Watching from our picture
Well, there you have it. Somebody here is is wearing their goodbye shoes. <laughs> that is a well-written yeah. song that was pitched to you for you. Did they come to you and say, we would like you, Pam, to sing it? Well, so the story goes, I was looking for songs. And Jim Femino, which um, a lot of people I know don't follow who songwriters are, but Jim Femino is, he is the number one, or was the number one uh, songwriter he since passed. But he, um, somebody had clued me into who he was. And just so you know who he is, I'm going to give you a reference. He had a number one song called Just Got Started Loving You by James Otto. And he was a good friend of a friend of mine. And they were like, you got to go talk to him. And I was like, okay. Well, contacted him and said, hey, I'm interested, you know, in some of, you know, some of your work if you have any can we meet and of course he's like you know yeah you know whatever <laughs> so we're supposed to meet for lunch in nashville so i go to nashville and he has a heart attack <laughs> oh <laughs> no I think i'm gonna be able to meet for lunch yeah he goes i don't think i'm gonna be able to meet you for lunch i think i'm having a heart attack and i was like what <laughs> oh <laughs> no serious? And he was like, yeah, I have to go to the doctor. I'm sure that they're probably going to put me in the hospital. It's, it's nothing. You know, I have heart attacks all the time, and they'll probably put me in there for a few days. And I was like, well, goodness. Uh, all right, well, keep me informed. Now, I'm already in Nashville at this point, supposed to meet him. And um, we get to talking. I said, well, just let me know. And, you know, I didn't know if he had family there in Nashville or what. And I said, well, if you need somebody to come up and visit, you know, we don't have to talk music. I'd love to just meet you and, um, you know, have a, a just a just to kind of get to know you session. And uh, he said, well, let me call and see if I can have visitors, you know, and so they get him situated or whatever, and he calls me and says, uh, yeah, they said I could have some visitors, and I was like, okay, well, my mom and I'll come down there, and I told my mom what's going on, she's like, oh, goodness, I had a couple meetings with some other songwriters. At that particular time, I was wanting to release more music quicker, and my songwriting was just okay at the time. You know, I had a couple songwriter people I was writing with, and I just wasn't cranking them out like I should, and I was ready to start releasing songs. So I was naming a couple of good, solid songs to get done for the studio so that I could actually, you know, start releasing my as well. So I was going to have a good integrated, you know, mix on my album. And uh, so we went to the hospital and after we ate dinner and had a visit chat with him, well, he had his computer there and he was like, well, I listened to some of your stuff and I have a few songs that I, I, I think would fit you, fit your voice and fit your attitude. And um, he pitched me probably about 10 that were in his catalog. And one of them was that one. I was like, I really like that one. He had just a, you know, it was kind of a demo of it or whatever. And um, it's written by him and Megan Sheehan. And he said, I think that she's released it, but I'm not sure. He said, you'll have to look. He said, she's just a songwriter I wrote with. And I was like, okay, well, I couldn't find it. So I was like, I guess it hadn't been released. That's cool. He's like, I'd really like you to do this one. And then the other one that he pitched to me that um, we kind of decided on together was Cranking Up the Crazy, which was my first release on that particular album, on the Giving a Damn Don't Go With Me, Go With My Outfit album. And um, so I did that one and Somebody Here's Walking. And then I did another one of his, which I have not released, called Me Being Me. So that's the three that I picked up. And then he really had this duet he wanted me to do, but he's, like I said, he passed away two years ago. No, um, no, no. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, because he had, I think, nine heart attacks. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so when He, oh, he would wow. put on these. Uh, he was such a funny person, and we got to know each other really, really well. Well, so long story short, went to the studio, recorded that song, recorded um, Craig of the Crazy, and I had him, you know, scheduled to release at certain dates. And uh, Craig of the Crazy came first, and then a song I wrote, The Me You Could Have Had, came second. I'm trying to think of what came. That one might have been the third one I released. Like I said, that's been a few years ago, so I'm trying to remember. But I think that was the third one I released, and I released it at the end of December. And that particular one we did a video with, and I sent him the video because, like I said, he'd been in and out of the hospital with, with, with heart attacks and being sick, and, you know, his wife had just passed away, you know, I think right before, right after I released the song, and his wife, you know, had been real sick. Anyway, he called me after I sent him the video. I said, hey, Jim, because I sent him cranking up the crazy and didn't really hear anything back, and that's because he was in the hospital at the time. And he said, yeah, I heard it. He said, I think I listened to it, but you know, I had all these surgeries going on and I apologize for not getting back to you. He said that I particularly wanted to call you on this song. And I had my husband, I was hitting my husband because he's laying beside me in bed because he called me in the morning. I said, record this, you know, like put your recorder on because, you know, Jim doesn't call people. Uh-huh. <laughs> you call Jim, Jim don't call you. <laughs> I mean, he's a CSAC member, which if you know what CSAC is, they're they're the songwriters that get invited to join. Like I'm it with BMI. Some other people are with, you know, ASCAP. When you become a CSAC songwriter, that means you've had some impressive songs out there that have made it commercially number one. I think Billy Lee is another writer that I write with. He wrote the one by uh, Gary Allen, which that's another co-writer that I write with out of Nashville, and he's also a CSAC member. So just to kind of give your listeners a kind of the hierarchy of what goes on. So like I said, Jim is not somebody that calls you. You call Jim. <laughs> and if Jim right. answers the phone, then you're lucky. 
Right. Jim called me this particular morning after I sent him the video because somebody here is walking this on. You can find it on YouTube. And he said, uh, he said, I had to call you. And I said, yeah, like, yeah, thanks. You know, what's going on? I'm hitting my husband. Record the phone call. Record it. And he said, um, I probably watched your video and listened to the song. He said, probably 30 times last night. He said, Pam, with tears in my eyes. He said, and I swear this, he said, with, with tears in my eyes, he said, that is the best recording I've ever heard of one of my songs. And I said, really? And he said, I'm talking about even better than Just Got Started Loving You by James Otto. And I have this on recording out of his mouth. <laughs> I was like, what? And he was like, I've sent it to some people. I said, I don't know if I'll hear back, but I've sent it to some people, you know, because he's well known around Nashville. And I said, well, I appreciate it. Of course, I never heard anything back. I did contact him and say, hey, did you ever hear anything? And he said, well, let me tell you something. He said, this town is weird. And he said, talked to several people. And he said, uh, they got, I got the same two questions every time. And I said, what are they? And he said, where is she from? And he said, because they'd be like, that, that's amazing. It sounds great. Where is she from? She's from Little Rock, Arkansas. And they're like, okay, how old is she? And he's like, she's in her mid-40s. And they're like, can't touch her. Won't touch her. Won't put it out. That's a bunch of bull. And because... you know, then I got the whole speech about, then I got a whole speech about my age. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I'm going to tell you something. Girlfriend, listen to me real close. One of the things, quote unquote, about country and Western music that differs from rock or pop, for the most part, is that country audiences will stay with you regardless of your age if you give the people something they like. If you're doing pop music, you cannot do that at age 70, okay? If you're going to do country, there are, but look at Willie Nelson, look at Wade before he left. Look at all these people. Age has not been a factor. That record, which is somebody here is walking, is nailed. A through Z. I don't think it could have been recorded any better than you did it. And I've had studio owners tell me, Rick, sometimes you have to accept the fact that when we did something on this day and recorded this song, that is the way it's going to be. No matter if we come back tomorrow or the next day or the next day, we didn't do anything and cannot do anything better than what we we did on that particular day and you accept it for what it is and i would accept that record that you recorded somebody here is a walking for what it is and that's nonsense when they tell you at 40 you're too old i'm not gonna buy that i'm not gonna buy it. they wouldn't say that well, i don't think that, about a man would they no they wouldn't and here's the thing and this is what him and i had this discussion because he wasn't you know fussing he was just like he said here here's the way they look at it if they can get you young like say reba willie nelson you know they get you young and they can keep you you know that's different then yes through, through the ages obviously because you know you have you know stevie nicks and some of those other ones that are legends that could still probably record something they'd be fine the problem is starting at this age and they're like they don't know how much longer you have on your voice they don't know how much longer you'll be at your body will hold up to travel and tour and they're they're not going to dump hundreds of thousands of dollars into you as an artist at this age they want you young so they can build you through not have you you know in your mid-40s and then go oh well we don't know if we're going to get 10 years out of her you mm -hmm. know that's mm -hmm. that's the problem it's not that you know and that's why being an independent artist and that's how i've had to just kind of do it is it's like oh okay i guess i'll be independent and hope people find my stuff and i hired the pr person which has helped but getting people to see past the age and especially being a female it is a little harder being a female and being older because you know we're su supposed to stay young looking forever whereas men get more distinctive as they age you know ooh, they still look good you know whereas a woman starts getting starts to sag you know we have to have work done mm -hmm. and then you look like madonna <laughs> right. I don't know if you saw her recently. I've seen her recently yeah. since uh, her disease. She came back, yeah. Right. So her, she's an icon. People will still go see her, but, you know, there's, I think there's such a stigmatism in us trying to hold on to your looks, so to speak. Yeah, well, yeah, to stay relevant. And it's, it's kind of just the way of our society. You know, it was probably easier before the internet to get away with it. Right. <laughs> and let me tell you now, now you Madonna, she'll sell. Madonna will sell. Yep. Do you doubt that? We can, yeah.
No, I, I don't doubt that at all. That's what I'm saying. I was just watching something on TV this morning. They, you know, she was talking about trying to get well to go back on her celebration tour. And, um, of course, you know, whatever they've done to her, her face has not made her look very good. But, you know, it's, it's, it's the pressure of, you know, people talking. Men can definitely weather the storm with age better than we can publicly. I should say publicly. Well, I'll tell you yeah. what, though. Kenny Rogers took a lot of jokes on that work he had done. What was it? David Letterman oh, said, yeah. we have some exclusive film here of the doctors working on Kenny Rogers' face. And then he cut away to a construction crew with the sidewalk and a <laughs> jackhammer. And there it is. They're working on <laughs> on Kenny Rogers' face. Oh, did he give it to him. So, you know, I've heard a lot of plastic surgery jokes, but the bottom line is, can the woman sing? Can the woman not sing? You can sing. And like one of my old bosses used to tell me, he said, Rick, there are only two kinds of records. I said, really? And what's that? He said, well, number one, there's a good one. And number two, there's a bad one and what you've got there is a good one my friend you really do thank you i appreciate it like i said i I loved uh, doing that song i you know got more into songwriting as well and you know and releasing songs try to release a few a year as singles to keep relevant you know (laughs) right now i would call that that's i would not call your single there crying in your beer the old crying in your beer old school george jones type i'm i'm going to refer to that as more like young country would you go along with that or am i wrong for somebody here's walking uh, yes. i was told that it had like a, a 90s vibe to me i mean like i just it, to me it was just good good music i was like is it really 90s i don't know but 90s had the, you know one of the best country genres uh, or country decades was the 90s you know you had the 70s and you had the 90s right so i did take it as a as a I took it as a compliment. I'm like, there's a lot of stuff now. It's not great. You know, no, that's true. That is so true. A lot of gals have had singles out, which were played for a while and then their career dissipated. I could name names, but that's not why we're here today. I brought you on Pamela (laughs) because I want the people to go up to YouTube and I want them to find somebody here is walking and they're not even going to need to do that unless they want to see your video. And you did a nice video on that song with a gal who played you in the video. And was that your daughter? She Is that somebody related to you or is that an actress, just somebody that filled in to do it? She is my niece. I I thought she was related. She reminds me of you a lot. I could tell you two were related. Yes, this is your Aunt Pam, you said at the very beginning. So she really is your niece. She really is my niece. Her name's Jacqueline Greenwood. All righty. Very (laughs) well. I I think she did a good job, and I want to commend you for doing something else. You had children, of course, with the responsibility of raising them, and when you had the kids and they were young, very young, you decided that first things were going to come first and you raised your children before you went and embarked on a road career as a musician. How long were you, should I say, off the traveling circuit as a musician? Were the kids older at the time you went on tour? How did you work that out? Yeah, so they were um, teenagers by the time, you know, enough to take care of themselves, you know, driving and all that kind of stuff. Like my youngest, she's about to be 19 at the end of next month. So August 31st, she'll be 19. My daughter turns 20 uh, next week and my oldest turns 23. Right. No need to hire a babysitter (laughs) now. Right. And my my husband was, you know, here and able to, you know, assist and all that so that I could go for short stints and then come back. So, and that's what I'm, you know, still doing. I'm about to go on tour in Europe next Saturday. I leave for five weeks and then I come back for two days and my band opens for Chapel Heart 
here in Arkansas at the Depot Days. And then we, uh, if you know who Chapel Heart is, they were on America's Got Talent. So we're opening for them September 16th. And then I go to Australia for a week. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> now I'm touring more. <laughs> wow, that but, is uh, excellent. They're, you know, they're on college just doing all their stuff now. And, you know, they've turned out to be pretty good kids. I had one that just graduated college, my 22-year-old just graduated college. My daughter's scheduled to graduate this year. And then she's going to go to grad school. And then my youngest son starts college this year. So, yeah, I mean, they're all on, on the, the track to, to doing what they're supposed to do because I feel like, you know, staying home and, and I didn't stay home. I worked, but um, staying nearby during their formative years, you know. Yes. Yeah. Allow and, them to get a good grounding. And, and your daughter is going to go on to grad school. Does she want to teach? Is that why? No. She So she is, I'm, I'm going to tell you the sole reason why this is, I, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if it's silly or ambitious. I don't know. She's a very, very hard worker, but she goes to a private college here in Arkansas called Hendricks. They're considered the best business school in Arkansas. And so she is getting her business degree, I believe. She's graduating a year early and she is a soccer player for the school. So she is, um, she plays soccer. She is a forward and left wing or whatever. But anyway, she wants to use all four years of her eligibility. And so since she is um, only going to be in college three years because she's, you know, had a leg up and is graduating early. She is going to do her fourth year in grad school at the same college so that she can play her fourth year. She loves soccer. So I was like, why are you going to grad school? She goes, well, I want to play. My, my last year of soccer, and I went, that's kind of silly, but okay. I mean, if it helps you get education. That is her. excellent. She's going, to get her, her, yeah, she's going to get her master's degree in um, accounting. All of your children have their heads screwed on, right? Seems like it. <laughs> I wonder <Right>. sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. You have performed for the U.S. troops in Alaska, Guam, Japan, and others. And you have been, you're going to, yeah. on your own, with your band, are you going to play, not for the troops, but you're going to go to, did I hear you say Australia? Yeah, that one is actually, uh, we're playing for the troops in Australia, yes. Oh, really? Oh, wow, boy, yeah. that that is excellent. And you're on the road how many shows a year, if you know? A couple hundred or almost? No, no, no not that many. Uh, probably, I mean, if you were to do the week, because it's hard for me to tell you how many shows, because we usually do, you know, three shows, four shows while we're gone, because there's so much airfare, you know, so much, like we're, we're, on, we're on planes a lot, like, you know, 19 hours at a time. So by the time you go and you rest the day to get your bearings where you're at and then you're performing and then you're on a bus and you're performing again. I, I can probably tell you in weeks how many weeks I'm gone versus how many shows because I lose track. But weeks that I'm gone, let's say 52 weeks in a year, I'm probably traveling between 12 and 16 of those at any given time, usually about a quarter of the year. And then that would be stuck around here, sometimes four months, a third of the year. So yeah, <laughs> it's probably about overseas. Very, very that well. Hawaii and Alaska as I'm traveling. Yeah, yeah. So probably that many by the time you've added them all up together. Because we did Bahrain last December. We were in Bahrain and we were supposed to go to Djibouti, but our flight got canceled in Turkey. So they sent us back to Miami and then we went to Honduras. So once you get all the, the flying in, and I think that's where, you know, we're on the road, but the, it's the day of flying and then the day of rest. And then, you know, then you're you're performing. And then depending on what your next schedule is, I might be back on a plane for another 19 hours or, you know, what have you. <laughs> wow. It gets confusing sometimes, if that makes sense, you know. Oh, I'm sure. It makes a lot of sense to me. Wow. Pamela Hopkins is our guest today on the show, everyone. She's out of Little Rock, Arkansas. She is a powerhouse singer. She is a songwriter. She is a multi-instrumentalist. That means you play more than one instrument. I know you play the piano. I believe you play the bass. Can I assume that means you also play the guitar? I am learning guitar. I play the bass because I'm actually, my first instrument was a cello. So um, I played cello for 10 years through middle school or junior high and high school and college. So I actually went to college on a orchestral scholarship as well as choir. And that was my first instrument. So it was cello, then piano. And now I play bass, drums, harmonica, and I'm learning guitar. Right. And you play drums too? <laughs> I do, yeah. Do you play drums like in your show when your band goes out or, or no? Well, <laughs> I'm trying to, when we're writing, uh, I guess writing the, 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 
script for the night or whatever. That's one of the things that I tried to write into it. And we haven't quite figured out what song everybody can switch instruments on yet. But right now, the only instrument that I play besides the piano is I'll, I'll get on the bass and I'll make my bass player play, play piano, you know, and I'll get up on the bass while he sings and plays. So we're trying to come up with a song where my guitar player can switch instruments, you know, where all of us can just kind of round robin something so I can play the drums. Now, when I go on the dueling piano shows overseas and even here, I do play drums because I'll play for the piano player. So I guess, yes, it, it, for, it depends on which show I'm doing, if it's with my band or if it's with the dueling piano thing. So I'm with the dueling piano thing all, all the time drums. I'll play piano for two sets and then drums for one because we, we all rotate. I hear that you're working a lot of these NCL, Norwegian cruise line ships. Are they putting you on with your band or, or uh, how, how is that working out for you? Is that the Pamela Hopkins band that's playing on the cruise ship? No, this one is the Dueling Pianos. I end up working for Howl at the Moon at Sea. And so we do the Dueling Piano show. So I'll do piano and drums. And in fact, that's where I go Saturday. I leave for uh, the UK and I get on a ship for five weeks. Right. The second largest market that listens to this show, market number two, other than the U.S., is uh, the U.K. So we're heard in the U.K. Awesome. You're going to go there and so what well, are you going to do? I will be there next Saturday. Really? And where are you going <laughs> to well, be? No, I'm flying in, flying into Southampton. Um, and we, I will, I don't know which hotel I'm going to be at yet, but I'll be, I have a day of travel and then I have a day off. So I asked to go in a day early to go sightsee because I've never been to the UK. So that was been to Ireland. I've been to some of the other Baltic areas up there, but the UK, I was like, well, we're flying in early. So I don't know. I'll have to look at a map and see how far, you know, I am from, was it Abbey Road and all the iconic places the Beatles were, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, that's over in Liverpool, of course. Yeah, how far? See, I don't know how far that is. I haven't looked at a map yet. <laughs> right. I'm, I'm not grounded myself to figure that out yet, but I don't know. Because, you know, flights are cheap there. And I know that when I went to Denmark uh, last year, we flew from Denmark to Ireland, and it was a really cheap flight. We went for a couple of days and came back. So I tried it. Like I said, I'm very, very behind on figuring out what I'm going to do while I'm there, you know, and figure out what I'm going to see. And I don't know yet, but I'll have a day, almost two days to be able to to look around. So if somebody has any suggestions on what I need to see, see near Southampton, or I don't even, like I said, I'm not grounded on where that's at quite yet because I have not looked, but that's what I'm doing this week is planning my day, my two days, I guess, before I get on the ship. Very well. And you're going to be in the UK in a town called Southampton. I think that's what it's called. All right. All right. And they can write you. They can write you, dear, at, at uh, PamelaHopkinsMusic.com, right? Pamela at PamelaHopkinsMusic.com. Is that it? Yes, yes. All right. <laughs> yes. Very, very well. I'm looking at a map now. Now I'm like, because I'm kind of geographically stupid. I'm just going to let you know that. Uh-huh. We all have our, uh, what do you call it, your your strength for me. Geography is not. I'm one of those Google people. I got to Google it, and then I got to get on my map, my map quest, and I look <laughs> and see where I'm at and go, okay, what am I doing? Do you yeah. use that Google Maps where they tell you, turn right on Main Street, where they give you the voice? I do. Oh, I use that all the time. How I made it through life without that. I don't know. I used to think that too. I was like, how did I do this as a teenager without some directions? And my husband had to remind me. He said, no, remember when we take vacations? He said, and computers just became a thing. He said, remember we go on MapQuest? He said, and we print the directions out. And then you had to pay attention to the mileage on your car and go, okay, the directions say, you know, this is after you would look at a map. You know, first it was maps. When I was in high school, you had to look at maps. And then computers became a thing. You could just print out the actual directions and tell you, turn here, turn there, you know. And now it's all voice activated. You set your phone there and it goes, it just tells you, you know, as you go, which I like way better. Thank goodness for modern technology because, you know, I'd be probably be lost. <laughs> but I do always wonder that. I'm like, how did I get around in high school? Did I just drive around? I don't even remember. Like, did I just drive around till I was lost? and figured it out or what? <laughs> I'll tell you, yeah. I, I invested. Do you remember? Because I don't remember. Oh, I remember. <laughs> I, I'm one of the fools that invested at least 200 and some dollars in a little thing. It's called a TomTom. And it was not a TomTom. I had a TomTom. Well, yeah, like I'm not talking about part of my drum set. That's a different kind of TomTom that you strike <laughs> with a drumstick. Right. I'm talking about the thing that had the voice on there where you'd program it in and now the software couldn't be updated on that one. I still have it. It's over right. 10 years
years old and my phone does a better job. You know, I got taken, Pamela. What should I do? Well, it's a little late now. <laughs> what is that 200 and some dollar TomTom that can't be updated with all these directions in it and a sweet voice telling you where to turn? Like what my friend said, they said, oh, yes, like there hasn't been any road construction or anything changed in over 10 years. I said, yes, that's it. That's a sales pitch. That'll sell it. Oh, my. I got taken, Pam. Oh, right. I'll tell you what. Pamela Hopkins, you are a Josie, J-O-S-I-E, Music Award winner. What is that? The Josie Awards are the largest independent music awards that I guess exist, or that's what they claim. And it's I know that every year they have a big award show. This year, it's um, at the Grand Old Opry, Grand Opry, uh, um, somewhere in, in Nashville. I, I'm, like I said, here we go. You're asking me details. Anyway, everybody submits their music or your, your you know, somebody does it for you and they go through I think last year they had 50 something thousand submissions and the year before the year that I won that 36,000 submissions and I won um, myself and my two co-writers won country song of the year for a duo or group which was for little things and my co-writer was Matt Dame and um, now that I'm trying to remember Travis uh, oh <laughs> Had I not been trying to talk about it, I could tell you. That's all right. How about Matt Dame time. and others? How's that? Yes, and others. Yes, there you go. Uh, uh, anyway, okay, it'll come to me about in about five minutes, I'm sure. Right. Anyway, and if not, so, the minute we say goodbye and this this show is over, it'll come to you then. It will. It's it's, uh, it's heart starts to tea. I can tell you that's on the tip of my tongue. It's early in the morning here where I'm at. <laughs> I'm telling you, I just woke up not too long ago. That's all right. Um, that, anyway, that, Matt Dame performed it with me. <laughs> That is all right. Now, listen, in order to produce quality songs the way the world likes them, you're going to have to have musicians that have a little experience behind them. They're going to have to be good. And you recently recorded something. It was called I Love You Most. Is that a ballad? Tell me about that. I don't think I've heard that yet because there's an awful lot of material uh, on you. What is I Love You Most? most. So I Love You Most is actually up for a Josie this year. So remember, I just told you I won Country Song of the Year for a duo group for Little Things, which was two years ago. And so this year, I'm up for two awards for the Josies. I Love You Most is not a ballad. It's kind of a mid-tempo, catchy song. Um, and I have like a lot of, uh, I'd say, say people that are playing on it. And uh, we recorded it at Direct Image Studios in Nashville with Kenny Royster. Kenny Royster was one of the producers for Luke Combs' um, Hurricane song, which is a number one hit. The uh, musicians on it, we had, you know, were the likes of John Conley, who played for uh, Kenny Chesney. Dame Bryan on keys, he's played on lots of uh, famous people's tracks. Probably the biggest person that's playing on this this song in my next release, which is um, called Race and Hell and Me, which comes out this Friday. The same musicians are on it. The one that you would probably hear the most from would be Nick Buddha. He played the drums and still does. He plays on all of Taylor Swift's tracks. So, right. He played on five um, multi-platinum five multi-platinum albums for Taylor Swift, and that's your drummer on this single. Correct. So, and when you hear the next single that comes out, so these musicians did I Love You Most, and then they did Help Raise Some Hell and Me, which, like I said, comes out this Friday. When you hear the musicianship, if you if you were one of those people that listen to the particulars throughout a song, you'll appreciate some of the little uh, nuances and some of the, the things that are different on my next song, Help Raise Some Hell and Me, that he came up with. Because when you're in the studio with these guys, they literally, they listen to the track that you bring in, which I had, you know, my band playing it. I said, well, here's, here's what we have for a rough demo because I had my band kind of record it, you know, in a, in a uh, practice session. So I'd have something to give them to go by. And they go in there and the producer listens to it and all the musicians listen to it and they go, okay, we think we got something. And then they basically count it down and it, it they, you know, go through the tracks basically and they make their little marks. And then it's almost like they've played it their whole life. It's the strangest thing to experience when you're in a studio with live musicians to hear them come together and they all know each other. So they, you know, they, they work together well and they're all in separate rooms. <laughs> Nobody's looking at each other. They're, they're playing basically the drummer's playing to a click to keep it in tempo. And he just does his thing. And then they go in and they punch, punch it. They all listen back to it and they go in and they punch little things that where they, they feel like they've messed up because they're all listening to their parts. Things I don't hear. Like I can't, I, I'm like, you messed up there. Like I don't even hear it. And that turned out way better 
as what I thought it would. But to hear, like I said, this next track I have coming out, Race of Hell and Me, some of the drum parts are my favorite parts. And so the man is completely in, in probably the, one of the most talented drummers I've ever met in my life. So his name's Mick Buddha. The other person noteworthy on there, and I, all of them are, obviously, Tanya Hainshroff. She's my background vocalist on there, and she does background vocals for everybody in Nashville. And I mean, I'm talking about like Linda Carter, Cheryl Crow. She's one of Cheryl Crow's main background singers. Like, goes on tour with her. <laughs> so Carrie I mean, Underwood. Amazing. Yep. So yeah, she does a lot of work. These are the people that my, my producer put on my album, so I couldn't be more, or on my, my singles, I couldn't be more proud of that feels good to sit there and go, this is who I have played on my stuff. So it's top notch. I want to make sure, you know, as I grow as an artist, as I grow as a as a songwriter and singer that I'm putting out songs that are they can hold up with the best, even the the expensive record labels that refuse to sign me. <laughs> right. <laughs> you Your know? background vocalist Tanya, who you just mentioned, not only did she back up Linda Carter, Cheryl Crow, and Carrie Underwood, but she toured with Rascal Flats. Yes. She did. Yes, she did. And she's, I'm going to tell you this too, she is one of the nicest people that I was in there when she started doing the, because uh, I did my vocals and then she comes in after me. And of course, Kenny was like, uh, do you want to, you want to meet Kenny? I was like, absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, I do. You know, and he's like, well, you know, you have to look her up. She's got all kinds of things going on. And I was like, look her up. And I was, oh, I did. And I was like, wow, I'm very, very impressed. And she just, she's like, okay, let me hear the track. And we sat and talked for a little while. And then she, she listened to the track. She's like, okay, I got some ideas. And just listen to her hit the harmonies I mean spot on it, it amazes me so my other co-writer we were talking about earlier Matt Dame on Little Things he was a Nashville person who would do a lot of people's demos same thing watching them work as a studio artist is so much different than being a live artist when you you know I get out there and if I mess up I mess up I cover it up or I you know I, I, I it's out there it's done and I don't get a do-over they get do-overs but don't need the do-over and that's that's what's impressive that you know, is they wonderful go in there and they're, they're to the track. I'm telling you, they listen to the track and they can listen to it maybe one or two times through. They're making their notes. And I watched Matt Dame make notes. I was like, what are you doing? He's like, well, I, I do it here so I know how long to hold. You know, he's doing clicks and he's like, how long he's going to hold it out? Because he's listening to what his part's going to be by listening to what your part is. Even if he's going over you in a different, you know, a different uh, rhythm than you are, how long he's going to hold that syllable out, where the emphasis is. I'm like, this is just a note-taking thing I don't know how to do. And it's, it, it just intrigued me. And watching her do the same thing and you know her method was a little different and then her just going in there and just nailing it i'm talking about because we're charged for studio time and when you're working with a good producer who has good relationships with top names in the business and you know they and they they knock it out and you know quickly so it saves you a little money as an independent artist because they're going to their next gig they're like hey i got i you got me for two hours and we got four songs to get to and they just knock it out of the park and you're just like wow i mean it's impressive i, I would love to be that good someday. <laughs> I wow. don't know that I'll ever reach it because I started, you know, but just to watch them work and put it together that quickly is amazing to me. I'm a nerd when it comes to that. I want to watch it. I want to listen. I'll sit in the studio all day and just watch because they're so amazing, amazingly good musicians and come up with just the most creative things that you didn't think of. And that's what you're hearing. And I love you most. And that's what you're hearing in, you know, my next song, you know, Raise Some Hell in Me. To, to hear my songs that I wrote come to life, it just, it puts me in awe. And I'm, you know, hands hands down love everything they do and so what you hear is my idea but it's not my end product it's it's what these studio musicians probably don't get enough credit for right and nick buddha the drummer oh. we just mentioned was your drummer on that i love you most he not only did play mm -hmm. with taylor swift on five multi-platinum albums he has also played for dolly parton martina mcbride and many others you have got world-class players on here that are playing with all of the celebrities all the stars and they're making darn good music and they're backing you up and i'm telling you you are ahead of your time for what is supposed to be a small town independent artist i believe somebody here is walking is polished the single is done it's ready it's ready to be put out warner brothers sony somebody step up to the plate and take my word i don't give a damn that this lady is 40 years old you can spend x amount to promote it and you can make a hundred times that 
back if you know what you're doing. I don't want the record company to screw up. I know a single that exceeds standards when I hear it. And that one is not only good, Pamela Hopkins, that single is great. I thank you. I appreciate it. Like I said, I'm pretty proud of that one. Absolutely. You should I be. Just, you know, what a girl. Really? Yeah. Now, girlfriend, tell me about this song because I'm going to play it to the people. I want them to hear this as well. This is going to be the second single I want them to hear from you. And I don't really know a lot about it other than the fact that it was well written. It's catchy. And to be honest, I've never really heard something quite like like it. It's got some originality to it. And it's, you mentioned it a little earlier today. It's called Given a Damn, Don't Go With My Outfit. I'm okay with me. I guess that means that if somebody sees you walking down the street and they don't like what it is you're wearing or your outfit, you don't really care. You're okay with you. Is that what the, the message you're trying to get out here? It's, it's more sort of, but it's more of a, uh, like the haters that come out after you, you know? Yeah, and there's always going to be that. You could be the Regardless, Beatles and they're right. going to come out and get you, girl. You know better than that. Right. So it's, it's, it's more of an attitude of, I don't need your approval for anything and and whatever it is you have you're not going to throw on me because it doesn't go with what i am and so the the whole catchy part is you know giving a damn don't go with my outfit the the original was given an s doesn't go with my outfit but that wouldn't radio play so yes yes <laughs> like uh, like you know you know when people go all my you know all my s are gone i don't I don't have any left to give kind of same thing my giving a damn's gone it's i don't care so you you do you mind your business if you don't like what you see over here you don't like what the what i am or my attitude or whatever, then you don't have to listen to me. You know, you always tell, you see people on Facebook say, if you don't like what I have to say, scroll on. You don't have to engage. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. If you don't like it, I don't care because I'm going to be who I am authentically. And that's what I am and who I am. And I'm okay with that. And I'm sorry, you're not going somewhere else and kick rocks. I don't yes. care. That's kind of what the whole gist of the song is. Yes. Oh, yeah. I totally and agree. And there's a video on it as well. So, right. The video is out on that. Out as well. yeah. And tell them the name of it yeah. again because I want to play it here in just a minute. But where is the video and what's the name of the song so that everybody can hear you? The name of the song, which is also the title track to my album, is called Given a Damn, Don't Go With My Outfit. And you can find it on my Vivo channel, Pamela Hopkins Vivo, V E V O, on YouTube. So you can see the video and you can find the the song on Spotify, iTunes. I think we're up to like a, almost 535,000 streams on Spotify on that song. So yeah, and it's it was a, my album that was self-titled or the titled album, Given a Damn Don't Go Out, that was up for Country Album of the Year last year for the Arkansas Country Music Awards. So it, it's it's one of my favorite songs to perform and people love it. They love singing along, because especially if people feel like they've been talked about by people, you know, by others. They're like, yeah, I don't care. Keep talking. Who cares? Are you, know, you okay you with you? I am. <laughs> I promise you. <laughs> right. I don't I don't think you have anything to be ashamed of with songs like these. How many songs are out there on you right now where if somebody says Pamela Hopkins, I'd like to look her up. I'd like to listen to some of her stuff. There's all kinds of songs from you out there now. I think I'm at, once I release my new song, August 4th, which is Hell, Race and Hell and Me, I want to say that's going to be song number 19 or song number 20. It's either song 19 or song 20 that are all original. I've only got one cover out there, and that's the cover of Zombie. But the other songs, everything else I have out there are original. And I want to say I'm at 19 originals, but maybe 20. Like I said, I, I lost count. Boy, that's amazing. I thought 20. it was much more than that. <laughs> but I'll tell you this. Let's go well, ahead. I try not to release everything all the time. So, you know, I try to release them as I go. And the reason is just to stay relevant, you know. So I have a lot more. They're already recorded and ready to go. They just haven't been released yet. Oh, you have some, as they call it, in the can. Yes, I have some in the can. Very good. How about, do I have your permission, ma'am, to play a song called Given a Damn, Don't Go With My Outfit? You certainly do. Let's let everybody hear it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is from Pamela Hopkins, Given a Damn, Don't Go With My Outfit, I'm Okay With Me. In the small town country category, I've got a gal all the way from Little Rock, Arkansas, our guest on the show. Her name is Pamela Hopkins. 
given a damn. Don't go with my outfit. I'm okay with me. Small town people talking. Not sure what they're saying. Word has it. But I'm not their favorite. Feel the rise upon me. They're not sure what they see. My attitude and my confidence. The way I wear my bling. You don't like my hair. Oh, the way I wear my jeans. A little too tight, but it feels right. And I'm okay with me. See me on Sundays You don't think that's right I see most of you wasted Where I play on Saturday night Now some to the stage I'm living on a prayer And all those drinks Your pounding's got you more than halfway there You don't like my hair Or the way I wear my jeans A little too tight But it feels right And I'm okay with me Now, there we go. That is a song. I've never heard a song, Pam, quite like that before. That's unique. It's different. It's catchy. It's easy to sing along with. I think that will inspire women. I think women are going to like that everywhere when they hear it. It's a positive message, especially for women. I agree. That's why I wrote it. Absolutely. Pamela Hopkins, we are almost out of time, but I just want to let people know that as if everything else that you're doing is not enough, world traveling, playing with the band, recording the tunes, playing on the dual piano shows, and the dual pianos, are both of those pianos grand pianos, or have they shortened it to where they're each electronic pianos now? What is the instrumentation? there? Are they real pianos or are they doing the electric versions? They're electric versions in a in a uh, grand piano cell, generally speaking. They're going to have a cell that looks like a grand piano and they put the electric piano in it. We'd be breaking strings all the time the way we play. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Las Vegas to Caesar's Palace and they had Elton John there. He was performing at Caesar's Palace on a show called The Red Piano. And darn if they didn't have this red piano made for him and they told the value of it because it had everything in there that Elton wanted and it was this red piano and Pam, the damn thing was worth millions of dollars. Do you believe that for one piano? No, probably because he touched it. Well, I'll tell you. Yeah, right. I'll tell you. Well, at one time, what Elton's, Elton John's sales records at one time accounted for, I think they said, 6% of the entire recording industry as a whole. And you know how many billions of dollars that would be. Amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely amazing. Your personal choice. Do you like somebody here is walking or is your favorite given a damn, don't go with my outfit? Or do you stay like Switzerland? Are you neutral? I'm kind of neutral. And the reason is because when my, my songs release, like every time I have a new song release, I'm like, I think that's my favorite, you know, and then it, it, I hate to say I get tired of listening to it. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I'm like, okay, moving on to the next one. And then I go back and go, oh, we, you know, we need to pick that one back up. Because my band used to do Somebody Here Is Walking all the time. My guitar player loves the song. He loves playing it. And we kind of, you know, as new songs come out that I do, we add the new ones and then we kind of abandon the old ones. But I think I'm going to bring it back out because we talked about that on the last tour. He's like, we should put that one back in. I'm like, yeah, we should. You know, recycle. It's kind of like with anything being overplayed, even if it's your own music. <laughs> like, I'm tired of doing that one. You know, giving a damn, you know, is a couple of years old now too. So it's it's one of those, out of the ones that get requested by people, giving a damn, I think is more catchy. I know my mom really likes somebody who's walking. She loves that song. So I can't say, I don't, I just like them both, but they're older songs of mine and I've had newer stuff. So, you know, like I said, as each one comes out, I go, oh, that's my new favorite. And then I'll get tired of it. And then another will come out. Oh, that's my new favorite. I like all my songs. I don't know. So I'm going to play neutral on this one. I don't know which one I like better because at one time it was my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> and that makes sense. is mom supportive of her? Her daughter does she support what you do she does she's one of my she's my number one fan i probably would say she's she tells me when i post stuff on facebook or whatever she's like you should have posted that or you know or that picture wasn't good or this is going on and she's very much a helpful critic <laughs> at the same time going you should do this you should do that right your yeah, husband vice versa or does travel. he just stay out of it he kind of stays out of it he's at shows and stuff but he stays out of it yeah but I mean, he's very supportive, but just like, do your thing, you know? Do right. And they tell me that you have opened up a restaurant. You now are a restaurateur. What's going on there? And can the public come in and where is it? Absolutely. So it's in a small town in Newport, Arkansas. That's where my husband is from originally. He lived there all his life until I met him. I guess he went to, we met in college 30 years ago. Yeah. So it's in Newport, Arkansas. It's called the Angry Possum. And uh, we opened a couple months ago and so far people, you know, people are loving it. We're right outside of Jonesboro, Arkansas. So if you're coming through, call the Angry Possum. If I'm not on tour, I'm there. Um, we're open Tuesday through Saturday and we do live music every Friday and Saturday because in that small town, there's no live music. So I wanted to, to have live music as a thing that we did to bring, you know, something in that area because they have nothing. So I drive in about an hour and a half every day to work. We're oh, today wow. Monday, an hour and a half one okay, way. I'll, yeah, I'll be there all week. Oh, yeah. my. Oh, my. But that's okay. I could say that my husband. Does your husband go in there and drive that every day? Yeah, we both do. If we're, if we're here, we do. We try to give each other a day off um, besides our normal Sunday, Monday, because we have other things we do. Like I've got, you know, an Airbnb. We rent out our camper. We got a thousand things going. We're closing out a business that we have had um, for years, and we're, we just retired from that June 30th. So um, to continue to do the restaurant thing, because, you know, we had one going, and then we're coming out of one and going into another business. So we try to stay busy and, and pay bills like anybody else. But sometimes if you come in the restaurant, if we're not very busy and you're the only table and you want me to get on my piano and sing, um, I'm there. You know, if I'm there, I'll, I'll get up and do it. And I have done it for people. They've actually, I think somebody even put that on one of the reviews. Like, yeah, you'll hear the, the owner singing. <laughs> <laughs> Lady A used to be called Lady Antebellum. Yeah. There is a female yeah. in that act that I'm sure is over 40. Who is that act that did We're Out There in the Open, Motorboating, on a pontoon? Yeah. You know who I'm talking yep. is about. That, that's Sugar, is that Sugarland? Sugarland. Is that Sugarland? There used to be, yeah. well, now, excuse me, I believe there's two women in that act that are over 40. And that was a number one record, yeah. a number one single. Don't yeah. believe this nonsense, my dear. Don't. You do. You're okay with you. And you know what? There was a time in television where they wouldn't touch somebody. Wouldn't touch them if the female didn't have bleach blonde hair, perfect weight, da-da-da-da-da-da. And then a gal from Baltimore right. that was working in Baltimore got discovered, and her name was Oprah, and she weighed over 225 pounds. And you know what? She's now a billionaire with a B, and they still yep. have that nonsense going on. Well, we like them with bleach blonde hair and perfect weight. I thought after Oprah became a billionaire that the public, they said, obviously, we like this woman. We've kept her on the air for I don't know, 30 years or whatever yep. that show lasted. People love her. You know, why do we still go through this nonsense? Girlfriend, can you enlighten me? If 
knew, if I knew, because I, I knew, I, that's what I'm saying, I, I, I don't understand it myself, because I'm like, I got, you know, back into music late in life, meaning I was like 37, 38, so I didn't abuse my vocals before that, because I wasn't doing it, I was raising my kids and had careers, I'm like, so I'm like, you know, my, my vocal ability is like a 20-something year old, because I wasn't doing it, whereas, you know, you have, you know, say Tanya Tucker, that, you know, they've got all these miles on their, their, their voice, and it's not as good as it used to be, they're still good performers, they're still iconic, and, you know, they'll still make the record labels money, but there's just no rhyme or reason. I don't, it's one of those things I don't understand, but everybody, I've heard it from several Nashville people. They're like, basically, and you're talking about Sugarland and Lady Annabellum. I mean, I think they were probably in their late 20s when they started, but they were a group. And I think groups sometimes can get away with being a little older because it's not an individual. Because if I say Lady Annabellum, I can replace somebody in that group with somebody younger that sings like, you know, like Journey, you had Steve Perry. Right. Yes. Everybody yes. knew he was the front man. Yes. But now, but so when his voice went out, they were able to replace Steve Perry with somebody else who sounded like him because it's a group name. And that's the only logic I can think about, like a group versus an individual. So maybe if I formed a group like the Dixie Ticks, they were in their 20s when they started and now they're still, you know, now torn again and they're older, but they already established a fan base of millions. And I think I think just executives, record executives don't look at how can I push this person because I think I'm, you know, I've got the, the total package. I mean, I'm, I'm not skinny, but I'm not heavy. I'm in the middle. I'm heavier than I probably should be, but I'm kind of pretty. I sing well. I perform well. That's why I keep getting asked to go back on these tours. But getting somebody to say, I want to invest in that at her age is a problem. Because they're going, okay, I got five years maybe at most because then she'll be in her 50s. And I'm sure it's just, it's kind of like insurance. It's a risk. Do I risk my $250,000, $500,000 on a matey <laughs> or get somebody young that I know I can keep? Sure, it's just kind of a risk evaluation. I could so. make a half a million dollars easily. And I mean a lot more than Quickly. that. Yep. On that darn, somebody here is a walking. If I had the backing and the promotion of people at Warner Brothers or Sony or somebody like those two companies, who knows what in the hell they're doing? And both of those companies know what they're doing. I have total faith in both of them that if they were to take that record and do what they're supposed to do with it, it is an excellent song. I've been in this, my friend too long to not know what is good and not know what is bad. I have helped personally put some of these songs on the charts when the record companies bring them to me and say, Rick, will you at least help us in blank, blank location and help us get this on the chart? And I've done it more times than I care to remember. So I know what it is I'm doing, but you know what? Do you remember? You're old enough to remember the airline industry. Back, they didn't call them flight attendants. Yeah. They called them stewardesses. Remember back when the stewardess industry, you know what happened to a, a stewardess if they gained weight? Do you know that they actually took them oh, off? Them. You're not allowed to work until you work and get this weight off. We won't let you work. And now, uh, now, now that they're called flight attendants and now it's been years and years gone by, you go to get on, you've been on enough flights. Are they all perfect? weight tell me no they're not <laughs> no they're but I not do remember when they used to make them weigh yep, I, I remember when they used to make them weigh because my my uh, cousin is a flight attendant i will she tell said you that they would have to weigh yes well they weighed them in did they <laughs> okay all right very good well they don't do it anymore for heaven's sake my hat is off at least Thank goodness. yes to the airline industry they've come up to the times but we we got some <laughs> we got some some stragglers toward the back of the line, Pam, don't we? I believe so. Yes, I believe so. <laughs> All righty. Ladies and gentlemen, you can find our guest, Pamela Hopkins, from Little Rock, Arkansas, on her website. It is called PamelaHopkinsMusic.com. If they go there to PamelaHopkinsMusic.com, Pam, is there a place where they can click on something and send you a note and say, hello, I love what you're doing, keep it up or whatever. Is that linked to your email? 
I think it, yeah, it links to my Pamela Hopkins music at yahoo.com email. And it sends, if you do like, I think it's you go in like, not request form, but do kind of like a request form. It'll send me a message. You can, there's a link on there. You just got to find it. It's on the first page. And you can also just, if you like something, leave a public message as well. All right. Very, very well. Right, on that first Pamela Hopkins, ladies and gentlemen, from Little Rock, Arkansas. She is a powerhouse singer. She is a songwriter. She is a multi-instrumentalist. She has had not one, not two, not three. She has had five international singles on the number one independent charts, such as, for example, on Amazon. You've charted number one on Amazon five times, I believe. Is that also true, Pam? It is, um, as well as, I think, the iTunes, um, the iTunes as well, or Apple Music, whatever it is that they come out on those charts. So, yeah. Good luck on the upcoming tour days. We'll have you back, and I hope that uh, your new material that you release as it comes out is getting the over one million hits that would you have out there right now has easily done. I read where I think it's you've achieved 1.5 million or something. What are the hits you're doing uh, on your biggest single? It's over a million, I believe, isn't it? For my album, yeah. For the album on uh, Giving a Damn Don't Go Mouth, it's well over a million. Very, very well. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Rick Flynn. It's been fun, but I've got to run. Check out our guest, Pamela Hopkins, at www.pamelahopkinsmusic.com. She is an excellent singer with some excellent musicians backing her up. You're going to love her. Somebody Here Is A Walkin' is my favorite single that she has out right now. Given a damn, don't go with my outfit. I'm okay with me. I like that one as well. There are others coming. There are others out there for you to hear right now. They're all good. Wow, what a show. Thank you, everyone. We have new shows every Wednesday. We'll see you then. Thank you, Pamela Hopkins. And check her out and listen to her all over the net. Some wonderful material. We'll see you next week, everyone. Good night. Thank you so much for having me. I've enjoyed my time with you. Goodbye, everybody. You can catch everything at www.pamelahopkinsmusic.com. All of the things that I'm releasing, all of my music. Love to see you out on tour, so follow me there. And thank you. Good night. The preceding was a Rick Flynn production. This is your announcer, Chantal Marie speaking.